What's up, guys? Before we start the show today, I have to announce that Player vs. Podcast Listener Request Month is coming up. With April being the show's birth month, I can't think of a better way to celebrate than to let you guys request a game for me to cover. This is it. This is your chance to get me to play literally anything. Did I badmouth Metroid Dread? Well, stick it to me by making me play it. Want to hear me talk about Mega Man X way before its time comes on the show? You can do that. You want to make me completely miserable by making me play Bubsy 3D? I wouldn't recommend it, but you can. But before you start getting trigger happy, there are some rules to keep in mind here. One, you cannot submit a game I've already covered on the show. I know I've covered a lot, so please do your due diligence and double check the feed. You don't want your submission to get tossed out if it gets picked. With that, rule number two here, make sure you submit two games. This is not only to cover your butt in case I have covered one of the games that you submitted, but also ensures that one of your games gets picked in the event I do not own the game. Lastly, rule number three, do not go crazy with the 80-hour JRPGs or anything like that. I love long games just as much as the next person, but please be mindful of not only my time, but other listeners' ballots as well. The shorter the game, the more I can talk about that month. Ideally, I would like to cover three, so please try to keep your picks to no more than 20 hours. If you're not sure how long your game is, check your submissions on howlongtobeat.com. And finally, where do you send those submissions? You can email your picks to me at mainquestpod at gmail.com. You can also shoot me a DM on your social media platform of choice, the main quest on Instagram or underscore main quest on Twitter. The deadline to submit the games you want me to play is Friday, February 10th. That deadline again, Friday, February 10th. It's going to come up faster than you think. And of course, once again, send them into mainquestpod at gmail.com or slide right into those DMs on Instagram or Twitter. And of course, the point of all of this is to have fun. So good luck. And now on to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Main Quest Podcast. This is, of course, the number one retro gaming podcast that has a faster word count than Stephen Hawking. <laughs> As always, I am your host, Keith. That's a dark one. <laughs> it's a little dark. Buckle up. If this is your first episode, welcome. If not, well, thanks for coming back. Are you following the show on social media? I feel like you should be following the show on social media. That's uh, the main quest on Instagram and underscore main quest on Twitter. More importantly, have you rated or reviewed the show yet? Because I think you should. Uh, you wouldn't know, but it definitely gives you a nice hit of dopamine, you know, to make someone feel a little extra special. Uh, otherwise, I guess just enjoy the show, you freeloader. 
Speaking of freeloading, that's mm, <laughs> this is an awful segue. How about uh dopamine? I said dopamine. Um, yeah, I've got a dopamine well, hit of guests today. <laughs> we may live rent free in your mind, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I I finally feel like with these two guests, as you've as you've heard, I feel like the show has like a little bit of credibility now because I not only have one. But I have two Twin Galaxy World Record holders for um, at, at least a couple games. Hundreds. Um, <laughs> yeah, too many. Too many, honestly, uh, <laughs> that I could even name. Yeah. But coming in from the other side of Lake Michigan here, it is Willie and Ginger of the Grand Rapidians play video games. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm Willie. Uh, yeah, and I'm Ginger, <laughs> just if you needed to know. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. I know I've been on your show a few times, and uh, it's, yeah. it's been a long time coming. I've been trying to get you guys on forever, but it's just the matter of not only finding the time, but finding the right video game, of course. Absolutely. So, Yeah, you play a lot of old stinkers sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> old stinkers. Um I know we're fucking allowed to swear, but old stinkers, old shitty games, personally. <laughs> I'm excited about this one that you invited us on for. Yeah, normally I would take offense, but <laughs> as I'm going through these, I'm like, man, I really had a d- terrible taste in video games as a child. Well, so. we didn't really have too much to choose from. Like, we do now. So, I mean, honestly, it wasn't our fault. True. Yeah, yeah, you have a point. You just have a game, and then you could just kind of stick with it for a while until the next one comes around yep. and repeat There's the not, process, essentially. Well, there was Sega Channel, which what Game Pass made much better now, but it was kind of similar to back in the day. But there wasn't, like, nothing like that available, not really. Ma- <clears throat> not many people had that. No, <laughs> it was a rare thing. I'm shocked that I was one that had that. <laughs> Anyways. You, you had yeah, the Sega for a channel? couple months. My parents really? had to kick the cable guy out because he just started playing video games after he hooked it up. <laughs> but yeah, there was all kinds of games. It was legit like Game Pass in the 90s. Yeah, I, I've heard of, you know, I've heard of the entire thing, which is... Yeah, it was just a different channel. It was like hooked up to your cable box and it was like a separate channel like whatever mm-hmm. kind of channel but anyways oh yeah because back in the day to even play a video game you would have to first set your tv to channel three <laughs> which is something you know nobody even they, they, they wouldn't even know what we were talking about uh, <laughs> if you're like you know 30 years and younger oh, um, that's funny yeah the second Sega Channel was quite the luxury back then. It was luxury just to kind of have cable, yeah, too. I'm shocked. I mean, cable had been around for a while, but it, it wasn't really, like, a common mm-hmm. thing. So, I mean, we're already kind of talking about, like, you know, our, our childhood memories. But what have, what are some of your earliest memories of video gaming? And I guess I'll just start with you, Ginger. It was probably um, being Tails in Sonic 2. Because I was actually at, able to play an easier character since I was pretty young, but I would, I would be Tails and play along with my 
sibling, so. Was Sonic 2, like, the first oh, I played Sonic, video game that you can, like, really remember? Sonic 2 is better, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic 1 is fucking awful. <laughs> it's Thank so you. Bad. I feel... V- <laughs> I feel validated now because that was literally the uh, episode that came before this. Sonic 1 sucks and I will fight you. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, you heard that zinger. (laughs) So you grew up with the Genesis then? Yes. Was that like the earliest console that you could remember having or did you have anything? Oh, there was nothing before that. Um, (laughs) I think my sibling wanted a Nintendo, but. For some reason, we got a Genesis instead. Mm. Have no idea why. I didn't really play too much because I was pretty young when we got it. But Sonic was one game that was pretty easy for me to play, even though I really sucked at it. <laughs> so you could say the Genesis was the Genesis of your gaming. <laughs> didn't <sh>? yes <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that no um, that's perfect i love it <laughs> what about you willie my first memories of video gaming oh he's old ever. so get yeah. ready <laughs> when i was little my grandparents had this old magnavox tv that had pong built in hell yeah there was a button on the front you pressed it it said video game and then you could pick between that's so awesome. uh, five different versions of Pong, like video sports. And that's my first memories of gaming, trying to get my un- aunts and uncles or anybody to play with me, because it was only two-player. You had to use both paddles. There was no <laughs> computer to play against. Did you have, like, the laminate sheet that you could put on the TV to kind of, like, switch up the game modes or whatever? We didn't have any of those. No? Not for that. Oh, Okay. Your parent, your your grandparents were like, we are too Dutch to buy that shit. <laughs> we are frugal. We are not buying that. No, more likely they had too many kids, so they got lost. I mean, that too. Left out in the chicken coop with the set of Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> so then where did you kind of go from there? I mean, that's pretty early on. Like, did, did you get an NES or uh, a, even a Genesis beyond that? No, I never had those two systems, but from the same household, my grandparents, my aunt and uncles got a 2600, and then they upgraded to a 7800, and I got their 2600 and their ColecoVision. That's pretty awesome. Then they upgraded from the Atari 7800 to Super Nintendo, and so I got their Atari 7800. I got all hand-me-down systems. Okay. Dude, that's pretty awesome, though. Yeah, so you didn't really, I mean, so you kind of a generation like in between that right because i assume then you got the super nintendo later on uh, yes. just assuming i went from <laughs> okay. atari 7800 to super nintendo <laughs> wow that is that is a leap it is. <laughs> holy shit uh well the 7800 did compete with the nes or tried to you know i we had an atari i was that was a little bit before my time i do not remember anything about it i i don't i just so i just don't have like that kind of relationship and nothing about the atari years particularly interests me like i look at those <laughs> like i look at those games probably like how a lot of gen z a lot of gen z look at something like the nes and they're just like oh why would i ever want to play this like it's so 
It's just so old. It's so archaic. That's better than PS1 games. <laughs> so Everybody thinks of like Atari 2600 when they think of Atari, though. And yeah. Yep. 99% of those games are something you play for 30 seconds and then never want to touch again. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm just like, I, I don't even know if I want to take my time to ever really cover Atari or even play an Atari game. But as of this recording, uh, just a couple days ago, the, the Atari 50th anniversary collection came out. And I'm actually really interested in getting that. I, I do have like a, a uh, what do you, like the mini console, like the Atari 2600 mini console, the couple uh, built-in games and stuff. I do have that. Never played it, but it, <laughs> it looks cool. It's nice. It looks nice on a shelf. You should play it. I've heard eventually. good things. I've heard good things about the 50th anniversary collection. It's like a museum walk through Atari's Atari's games. Yeah. I like those collections because it gives you a lot of games to play and it it may open your eyes to something that you've never played before and you like or you never played before mm. and you'll fucking never play again. <laughs> yeah. There's more than 100 games on this one. Holy shit. Yeah. Including multiple unreleased games from the 80s. Ooh. Yeah, Digital Clips that sounds pretty cool. went forward with basically kind of like completing these games that weren't necessarily done yet. And it's it's just so as a history nerd for this kind of stuff, like it really interests me. And plus the way Digital Eclipse packaged everything. Uh, they also did the Cowabunga collection for um, uh. TMNT. So and I also heard that kind of has a similar sort of package where you can just kind of, you know, watch gameplay of something and jump directly into it uh, from the point in which you were watching. This has something similar with the Atari collection where <laughs> within the documentary, as they're going through the timeline of events, you can jump into whatever game they're they're kind of talking about at that point in the documentary, was, which is really cool. And, you know, like Willie said, there's like over 100 games or something, and it goes all the way through the Jaguar, which I, I don't know how good Jaguar <laughs> emulation is these days, but <laughs> we we had a Jaguar growing up. I we didn't have it for very long because I, th I think then that we got the PlayStation. So um, I'm I'm actually interested in playing the Jaguar stuff more than like the older stuff from the late seventies, early eighties. For sure. Movie because as I, long as it has the Tempest, that's the Jaguar game I would want. Yeah, I think I think Atari owns that. You 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 probably know more than I do, to be honest. <laughs> I know when we had an Atari and a Genesis, we were able to find out that, what was it, the 2600 and the Genesis controllers are interchangeable. So you could use a Genesis controller because it had the same plug. Interesting. <laughs> Which, that was pretty funny. You can use the, a Genesis controller on an Atari. Was that the 2600? Yeah. Or you can plug an Atari controller into a Sega Genesis. And... Really struggle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mentioned up top that you guys are world record holders. And I, these aren't, I, I looked you guys, I, I did a little research. I looked you guys Ooh. up. Yeah. I, uh, some of these <laughs> games aren't necessarily arcade games. A lot of these are console. And in the case of you, Ginger, you've got a lot of DS games under your belt mm -hmm. here. Yes. 
what was it about like i guess high score chasing that kind of drew you guys into that whole world because for me i've never really cared about high scores or any like i was a child of the arcade of the arcades in the 90s of course but high scores never really concerned me i was just playing the game because playing the games because it was just a cool thing to do like i just wanted to play video games you know what i mean right i know once will became um what was that a referee a ref for twin galaxies he verified my scores. I mean, <laughs> it it made it kind of pretty easy to be able to verify some stuff. And there was just no world records. So it was kind of like low-hanging fruit. <laughs> okay. No one was playing Geometry Wars Galaxies for the DS. So that was kind of easy to go through every stage and just play it and get good and burn out one of my shoulder <laughs> buttons on my DS. <laughs> uh, and then, I mean, I had a ref right there. So yeah, it was just kind of nice yeah. to have. I became a referee because of an article in GamePro about how they verified world records for the Guinness Book of World Records. I've always wanted to be in the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> so I said, hey, I wonder if there's some game that I'm pretty good at that nobody else has set a score for. And I just started emailing Walter Day about new games that they should <laughs> add to the database every day until he said, hey, uh, do you want to come help out and set some of these games up on the website? Maybe you could be a ref. And so I became a referee to set up games to hopefully get in the Guinness Book. And it worked. I stayed with Twin Galaxies, I don't know, close to 10 years. Yep. Until Guinness finally published uh, Guinness Book Gamers Edition. Yep. And I got, <laughs> got in the first few issues, or the first few yearly editions. Yeah. I'm on the Tetris page for a really, really bad Tetris DS score <laughs> that I watched a buddy of ours take down and purposely stop at around a million and he was like i'm sorry i was like don't be sorry congrats <laughs> like that was a really low score of fifty-eight thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so i know a few of my scores were also verified like at events too mm -hmm. so it wasn't just sitting on the couch playing ds <laughs> yeah, yeah and like us taking turns and stuff a few times I did hold a camcorder for Will and his DS scores that he's got. Mm -hmm. We have a couple, a lot of two-player. So we did a lot of, <laughs> what, Guitar Hero? <laughs> yeah, a lot of cooperative Wii games mm -hmm. where we have two-player scores together. Yeah. Which was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. We should go back and see how bad we are at these games now. <laughs> I think it's really interesting because there's just not, you know, when I was looking at the charts and noticing kind of where you guys were playing a ton of stuff. Yeah, when I saw the Wii, that's not something that I directly connect with high scores and like kind of like the arcade <laughs> arcadiness of Twin Galaxies and stuff like that. Right. So it's like super you need to play Link's crossbow training, Keith. <laughs> Willie's brought it up that, a couple times in, in Discord. It's legit 
one of the best, if not, well, one of the best rail shooters on the Wii. Absolutely amazing. And the graphics still slightly hold up, too. Was there As long as you have charged batteries <laughs> in your Wiimotes. <laughs> was there a, a game that you guys were competing for that you seem to get into like you slid into first place just a little too easily was there was there a game where you're like oh i don't know if i can if i can do this and then you just ended up pretty much doing it with ease i know we didn't really want to do any speed runs because that that takes a lot of practice um i mean high scores can too but high scores can be kind of like that pinball game like you you put in a couple quarters in a pinball game and you're like oh i'll just check it out and then all of a sudden you like have the highest score on the fucking pinball machine and you're winning whatever at whatever bar arcade, like a free drink or some shit. It's almost kind of like that. Like, let me see if I can do really good or just by repetition and practicing. Like, I think Saucer Swarm on Mario Party <coughs> 8. Yeah. I have the high record for that. And a few people have tried to take it down and could not. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm the master of that game. <laughs> I forget what my score is off the top of my head. Speaking but. of the master of that game, our Ghost Squad co-op score oh, was the easiest yes. one. Love me the, some uh, Ghost Squad. The rail shooter Ghost Squad from Sega. We played that on the Wii so much. It's, dude. Had all the different paths memorized where <laughs> yeah. every guy would pop out. We We're could, like, I'll we get could play this through side, the entire game side. without continuing. Yeah. Ghost Squad is another really fun rail shooter. Like, I'm not a first person shooter, like, game player because it, I just get slightly confused and anxious. But something about pointing a Wiimote or even like, if you have some of the accessories uh, with the pistols or whatever, it really makes it a lot easier for shooter games, in my opinion. Did they ever come out with a... Did Nintendo ever come out with a controller that was kind of like an... an um, How do we say that word? Homage? <laughs> it was kind of an homage to like the super scope or anything like that for the Wii. Oh, did they? I don't know. The Zapper is the one that Nintendo made, but then third parties have made hundreds of different shapes of pistols, oh, okay. shotguns, rifles, bazookas. Yeah, I guess yeah. Nintendo probably was like, yeah, we're not doing it. It's like 2007 or whatever. They're probably like, yeah, that's. We do not have the chainsaw, but that would have been cool. That was a hard one to get. And it's really expensive. That was now. a GameCube. Was it GameCube? Yeah. Okay, but still, it's awesome. And my last question for you guys, and this is just kind of a not just arcade games or anything you've done for Twin Galaxies, just in general. What is your favorite game of all time? Well, since I have a lot of tattoos are surrounded by Final Fantasy, I'm going to say Dragon Quest. (laughs) (laughs) I love Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest kind of equally. I love RPGs. So, but honestly, it's Final Fantasy. If, uh, if you know me, I have a lot of tattoos surrounded by, uh, Final Fantasy lore. So, is there any Final Fantasy in particular that's your favorite? 
Oh. <laughs> and then be careful. Seven. I'm probably going to tell you how awful seven. that one is. Oh, and seven. I'm so okay. Mad. Good answer. That's my favorite one. <laughs> seven is good, and so is three. I really like eight. I love nine. Wait, the, I can tell like you three, the three, three, or six, three? Three, three. Three, three. For the DS. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the so, better one. <laughs> I can tell you the ones that I don't like more, and I will fight you. 10-2 is the worst, and 11 I have never played because I was kind of a poor kid, and I could not get the internet to play 11. Granted, my parents did have the fucking Sega channel, but yeah, that's was... like, that's them. Like, <laughs> I don't know what my parents were doing. Have no idea. <laughs> so, I was going to yeah. say, you can't complain that you couldn't play 11 when you were you had the Sega channel. <laughs> <laughs> but that was years apart, it was to be like, honest. It was like you and 15 other people in the country that had Sega, cha- <laughs> Sega channel. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. so funny. <laughs> well, I'm not quite as big of a Final Fantasy fan no. as Ginger is. But there are still days where I will say that Final Fantasy Tactics is my favorite game of all time. It was why I bought a PS1. <laughs> I watched somebody play through the entire game and then went and bought a PlayStation 1 and Tactics to play through it myself. And I that was that was back before streaming. I was actually over at somebody's house in their living room watching them play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tactics was like a slow like I had to learn to love that game because I came well, my first Final Fantasy was Mystic Quest. Say what you want about that game. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got Final Fantasy 7 and then I kind of worked myself backwards so I went and played like mm-hmm. 6 oh that's uh, a good one too 5 uh, emulation was becoming like pretty big around those days so right like 97 98 so then I got uh, I emulated 5 I emulated 4 and then tactics came out uh, somewhere around that time as well and I was like wow this is nothing like those other games and I you know that was my first tactical game so I really didn't mm-hmm. know what the hell was going on. So I had to like, I, I came back to it a couple years after that, probably like after Final Fantasy IX came out. And yeah, man, I mean, it's really good. It, it's super good. I just, I couldn't shake the fact that it was a different kind of RPG. It is. It's really good. I, I got learned. stuck at the part you warned me about getting <laughs> stuck at, and I just have to restart that fucking game. It's painful. The save point in between three boss fights. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> well, you know what game we played today that we didn't get a console for? <laughs> it's Kick Chameleon. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I might have a little more nostalgia of this game than okay. Will. Oh, yeah. yeah, you will die when you play this. Too. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you will. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about that nostalgia. Uh, let's jump into our personal histories here. What is your personal history with this game? Well, when I was younger, I really couldn't get past like the second 
like level. So I watched my sibling play it a lot and they got pretty far into this game. When Will was replaying it, I I could not get past a fucking part in the like underground lava, like the third level, but I remember watching my sibling play it and I was just like, "Oh man, can you go find the uh the like spiky-headed like tail mask because that was my favorite like skin <laughs> of what Kid Chameleon actually dressed as when I was younger, but now I really love the fly cuz it's cute. <laughs> it's just adorable. Yeah, it'd be a nice little plushie to have. It would be. What about you, Will? There was a kid up the street who had a Sega Genesis about the time I got a Super Nintendo. I didn't really like him very much, but (laughs) we'd go over to each other's houses to play each other's consoles. (laughs) And he had Mortal Kombat and Altered Beast and Kid Chameleon. And... Those are all good games for the Genesis, to be honest. It's like a mutual, like, <laughs> it's just like a mutual, like, I don't like you and you don't like me, but we got to play these video games. <laughs> hey, video games, like, you know, making people who don't like each other just deal with each other. <laughs> good job, video games. I would have, you know, hated him more for making me play Kid, Kid Chameleon, but... <laughs> Um, we played a lot more real, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> As for me, like I played this game at a friend's house. He, you know, I talked about him in previous episodes already. He was kind of the gen. I had a Genesis, but I did not have this game. He had this game. Um, and that's pretty much all I could think about as, as far as playing this that early in my childhood. Like, make it accidentally disappear to go home and play it on your <laughs> no, console no not at all no we, we would exchange games <laughs> what a nice kid this was not one of I them i would have probably done that <laughs> no that but was, we had it that was keith's brother <laughs> <laughs> oh. but when i was you know gathering the list of games that i had to play for this show the only thing i could really remember when trying to think of what this game was was that it was just a game where you had a ton of power-ups and that's right. exactly what this game is. So it was just kind of like a simple <laughs> Google search, like Genesis game with guy that has tons of power ups. And this came, this popped up. Um, you know, I don't really remember what my feelings were towards the game back then. Uh, all I can say is that, you know, it must not have had an effect on me either way, which isn't necessarily <laughs> a bad thing, but it's, I don't think it's a good thing either. Right. Uh, I mean, it's neither nor it- if you liked <laughs> other games, like you always say, it's okay to like a game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and this might be one of those episodes, too. So <laughs> that That's fair. It was one of those back then. It was like, I would rather have this at my house so I could play it for hours mm-hmm. than be able to play it for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Yes. You know, if we fast forward to 2019, uh, the Genesis Mini came out. I loaded this game up on that and started playing it and i actually kind of liked it enough to keep going with it until nice until i it just <laughs> wasn't fun anymore <laughs> what did you miss to forget I, like, yeah. to walk into like not did you miss like a fucking like wall that's invisible or some shit I, I think because that I think when I realized that I wasn't having fun anymore was like the first <laughs> side scroller or auto scroller stage with the giant wall. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. did I did finish the game. I through fucking strong gritted teeth and determination I finished this game back then. However, nice. I did not finish it for this playthrough. <laughs> so <laughs> That's fair. Neither did we. <laughs> Uh, so jumping into the development here, uh, Kid Chameleon is a side-scrolling platformer developed by Sega Technical Institute and published by Sega. And since this is my first time mentioning STI, STI. which is, yeah, not that kind of oh. STI. <laughs> Sega. <laughs> uh, that didn't age well. No. Mark Cerny <laughs> did not think that one through. Uh <laughs> Well, I mean, acronyms, it's always fun to, like, make up different words for different acronyms than usually what they are. You can come up with some weird shit sometimes. (laughs) STI was a first-party Western developer for Sega, which is what kind of really divided Sega of America and Sega of Japan, which, if you want to talk... Was his first game for Sega? For STI? No, that would be Sonic 2. Okay. Um, a good Sonic. And I'm Because right before this game, I know that Cerny made Dick Tracy. Oh, really? Yeah. And that was not... Isn't that a bad game? That is a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if Mark Cerny was... A bad game Because Dick Tracy maker. was a third-party game. And that, that was on the NES, wasn't it? Yes. Interesting. Mm, yeah, because around... I, I don't know if he was working for Sega before STI. But either way, he founded <laughs> STI. And um, that I know, I keep I saying STI. And I was just... <laughs> technical Institute. <laughs> he was patient zero for the first STI. <laughs> oh... Then why isn't called Cerny? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you know I have to tell this to all of my to all of my first dates here, but you know I was a little wild in my twenties. I didn't use protection, and I caught the Cernies. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we should do with every bad game maker and bad person just like make them into a sti <laughs> <laughs> oh god you got the musk <laughs> oh <laughs> okay i'll stop derailing you walk into somebody's basement i mean you could just in general just be like man it's musky down here <laughs> Like, man, that's nasty. <laughs> the Cernies do carry a general musk to it if, if you don't take care of it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the whole Sega of America, Sega of Japan thing could be an episode all, all on its own. And I will talk about Sega Technical Institute a lot more on the Sonic 2 episode, so I won't really – do too much of that here but the guy that we're making fun of mark cerny i mean this if you don't know if you're not in the know uh he is now the lead designer and architect uh for sony's hardware so that man has made three generations of consoles for sony you know so interesting 
as we sit here and make fun of him, that dude is doing pretty fucking okay for himself. Let's um, eat him. He's rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and eat the rich includes Mark Cerny. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, before he became the Mark Cerny that we know him as, he programmed this game, unfortunately. And Die! <laughs> <laughs> along with that, he uh, he worked along Steve White. Mm. See, now I don't I, – mm. I, I've gotten so used to Japanese names that I don't know how to pronounce American names. But <laughs> we'll say Steve Woda. Steve Woda also helped design and program the game. Graham Bayless, who actually went on to work with NetherRealm, uh, hmm. directed this game. And the soundtrack was composed by Mark Miller. He could have used some help. Who, Bayless or Miller? All of them. <laughs> Both of them, yeah. Right. The music was like was very repetitive, but that's only if you got good at the game and went through the whole thing, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. But we'll we'll get into that a little bit in a yeah, little bit. Sorry, sorry. No, that's all good. <laughs> you know, I, I've already mentioned to you guys kind of off air here that this is just wasn't this is one of those games that just doesn't really have anything documented about its development. And ever since the X-Men episode that I did, I've been <laughs> insistent on trying to find someone who's worked on these games and and message them on social media or yeah. kind of reach out to them. But um, you never know. Since we're here, I guess they didn't return your call. <laughs> they did not. No. <laughs> we would probably like it would probably be good. For us, at least, not to, you know, talk to any developers, because <laughs> I will not hold that. Well, Mark Cerny <laughs> definitely doesn't want to talk to me now. <laughs> yeah, because we named him Cerny. <laughs> we named Turpies after him. <laughs> not the Cernies. Out of all the developers on this list, I was like, yeah, Mark Cerny would probably be, quote unquote, the easiest to reach. But, like, right. he's never going to get back. Like, that's... He, he would never even bother. So I was like, well, let me try and find Bayless. And he's not like nobody's on social media. Uh, the yeah. only reason why I found out Bayless actually worked for NetherRealm is because I found a post on Twitter from someone that worked at NetherRealm who actually uh, posted a tweet about this game. And they're like, hey, the guy that directed this game works for NetherRealm and blah, blah, blah. And this is actually a cool game. You should check out one of this guy's earlier games. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. But <laughs> aren't you being nice? Right. It is a cool game. I mean, this kid's leather jacket. Dude, he's I mean, honestly, so cool. Comparatively to some like of the games that have that were out around there. I mean, it's not horrible. It's not the best. Mm. It's just so, a hard-ass yeah. game. No, Sonic wasn't cool. This kid was cool. <laughs> <laughs> now Sonic yeah, had a, had a leather jacket. That'd make him cooler with the kids smoking cigarettes. <laughs> what? <laughs> he would definitely not be running fast. <laughs> at the I end mean... of at the end of every level, Sonic is just like coughing. He's got like his hands down on his knees. He's like out of breath. <laughs> then he lights up another cigarette. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, Kid Chameleon was released in the United States in March 1992, May 1992 in Japan, and on some sort of mystery month the very same year in Europe. It's not. 
It's not designated. <laughs> it doesn't say well, uh, for the Sega okay. Genesis and the Mega Drive. They're just like, here you go. We couldn't sell yes. these. There, the bolts <laughs> arrived at different for times. Real. For real, a truck just backed up at the border and like just dumped a whole bunch of kid chameleons. <laughs> just like here, just take these, distribute them. Please take them. <laughs> uh, since its release, this game has not been ported to anything, which is a first on this show. Um, Interesting. It has been re-released on a few collections, though. And I, as I stated earlier, it was on the Sega Genesis Mini, which at this point I think I should specify that it's on the first Sega Genesis Mini because at this point there's two of them. So oh. I guess I have to say that now. Um, review scores for context. IGN gave this a 6.5 out of 10. Game Rankings has it at 68, 68%. <laughs> uh, Retro Game Man. Gave it a 5 out of 10. And Sarah on Amazon gave it a perfect 5 <laughs> out of 5 and simply added that it made her son happy. See, nostalgia glasses. <laughs> Mary's son had nostalgia glasses. I honestly agree with these scores. They're like in the middle of the road. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not a bad fucking game, but it's not a good fucking game. <laughs> like, it's kind of in the middle. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spoil my thoughts here at the end, but it is a pretty <laughs> forgettable game, to be honest. I'm surprised <laughs> I even remembered that I had the game. Well, didn't have it, but that I played it as a child. plot of this game is actually pretty simple in fact i think it has a lot in common with an episode that i just did for x-men because <laughs> i don't know what it was with video games around this time about a, a plot centering around being trapped in vr but for real like here we are the 90s were it was like the satanic panic of the 90s like oh my god virtual reality <laughs> do you think that this that they really thought like they're we we're gonna be doing some sort of like cult worship and like killing goats Dude, in do you VR. see the crazy motherfuckers that are going on right now i absolutely <laughs> think people thought this because dumb <laughs> yeah but like all vr people is being used for stupid. now is like pornography i mean yeah it's pretty harmless but <laughs> oh those same people who were freaking out about vr are the same people who are freaking out about pornography true you yeah you have a point um the story in the manual is short enough that I'm actually going to read it. <laughs> nice. It's um, it goes downhill really. Like it gets really out of. It goes from like, you know, it's basic spiral. story stuff to just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, For real. <laughs> so, <clears throat> quote: Wildside is the newest game in town. It's a hologram that creates a reality not our own. You step inside to play. And the door locks behind you. Nobody knows what's going on inside because nobody ever comes out. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Kids are disappearing left and right. Heady Metal, the <laughs> boss of the game, has escaped. 
He's capturing kids by defeating them at their own game. Soon, nobody will be left to challenge the Dark Destroyer. <laughs> but, <laughs> but one kid appears on the scene who refuses to be beaten. He's the toughest, coolest head in town. He's Kid Chameleon. Which is like, is that his name? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is he a drug dealer? Is that his dealer name? They just know him as the Kid Chameleon. <laughs> Um, it's like he's just changing, changing clothes all the time. He's got to blending s- in. Yeah, he's got to stay away from the cops. Uh, take K- <laughs> Kid Chameleon into Wildside and give Heady Metal and his gruesome underlings a taste of their own aspirin. What? <laughs> because Kid Chameleon is about to cause a few headaches of his own. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like I, I think this is what it opens up with too. Like when you start the game and I think it legit has this story in it right when you start the game. Yeah, it's close. Before, like, with the Do they say the aspirin part? I I don't remember that from No, the game. that's why I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> They even have, like, a short animation of him standing in an alleyway, and there's, like, a yeah. block next to him, and he, like, knocks Elbows on it. Yeah, he knocks on it like Henry Winkler on a jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> and pulls out a fucking samurai helmet, puts it on, and then he's got swords all of a sudden, because he's so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Listen, I will admit that was actually pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that's the coolest part. Like, you can put on a helmet and, like, climb walls like ram into rocks <laughs> i so after reading this <laughs> i decided to google to see if there are any games since then that came out called Wildside, and there is oh or at least it, it's not out yet it's going to it comes out well of the time of this recording it comes out next year uh it has a tentative release date of 2023 game has interesting n- nothing to do with kid chameleon okay is it virtual reality? Is it a porn game? <laughs> <laughs> Is it on Nut Taku? <laughs> no, it's actually just like a like a first person big buck hunter survival game, basically. Uh-huh. It looks like something that would be sold at REI or something. I mean, if Wildside in this game is supposed to be a VR game, I, I guess the real wor- world counterpart has potential to be in virtual reality, but I I doubt it. Also, like. I know I'm picking apart this story, which is unfair because it's like there's it's a nothing story. But it's a it little, is a nothing story. It's a little weird that a game that is supposed to be like kidnapping and killing children also at least gives them something to get through the game. Like it offers them all of these power ups and stuff. Like it gives them the the potential to succeed. Yeah, which is it a really weird. glosses over the whole protector like. These children are like dying, yeah, and how it did, doesn't really. How did this game become popular if no one ever comes out? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this would immediately be like shut down and taken into like some black Not ops. Nineties, nineties <laughs> were wild. This this was Polybius, right? <laughs> Just keep packing the kids in there. Nobody came out. Sent three more in. <laughs> For real, dude. The nineties were wild. The wild side, British. <laughs> But have you guys heard of or played Polterguy for the Genesis? I've heard of it. 
I don't think I have. I've watched someone play it. Because hearing Willie, I, hearing you talk about the way Kid Chameleon dresses, he looks just like Poltergeist. Ah. Like, is this? See, in that episode, I kind of like, to- I was tossing around the idea of who the hell Poltergeist was before he died, because I was like, why is his name Poltergeist? Did he have a name before he died? Like, Kid Chameleon. And so, man, they dress really fucking similar. Just put some sunglasses on Poltergeist and it's Kid Chameleon. That seems like something Kid Chameleon would do after he died. Yeah, just like go, go, to, an, go <sighs> to another weird game where you haunt a family. And that whole game's story is that he died in a skateboarding, skateboarding accident. So I could see Kid Chameleon skateboarding. I don't know. I think it's canon. I'm counting well, it. he <laughs> does have a helmet that is kind of like boogie boarding. The hoverboard thing? Yeah, the hoverboard. That's chameleon. Awful, oh, but so cool looking. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to talk about on the story? Or Well, the story's weird, too, because they like hit on like this thing that's escaped and is taking children, but you have to go into the game, so... Yeah. He didn't ex- escape, right, motherfucker? The, uh, like that—that <laughs> that is like the kids are coming in and disappearing, but this guy escaped. Wait, wait, what is it? <laughs> like, what one they, is it? I don't think they could afford professional writers for this game, <laughs> dude. They were doing a whole bunch of fucking sugar, booger sugar, and making some wild shit up. Oh, wild side, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Mark Carmi. <laughs> yeah i kind of as i was reading that i i thought about that i forgot to break it up though it was like wait he is but we're going in the whole game is in virtual reality when you finish the (laughs) levels the facade ends and you just see like the wireframe of the level right and the fucking spikes like like (laughs) well with that let's jump into the gameplay and i'll just set the stage the stage for this real quick um mm-hmm. this pretty much controls like any other standard platformer that i've talked about on the show when what do you want to call this guy the kid chameleon the kid i'll just call him the kid casey <laughs> when the kid casey. is just in his standard form if he can't quite reach a block you are able to grab onto it and flip like do a flip on top of it which is kind of useful blew my mind when I played, when like just this past, and you just, just discovered like, it. I just discovered it. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like Toby's favorite saying, "I was that day years old <laughs> when I knew that." I was today years old when I found <laughs> yeah. out. Dude, I could not. That fucking blew my fucking mind, <laughs> dude. That flip. I was like, what? "What did I just do?" And then I died because I was so surprised at what I did. <laughs> It's super. It was super surprising because, like, you know, I've played some pretty relatively tough platformers for this show, and this this game has some very tough platforming sections. But it yeah, is it kind of forgiving to have that little uh, flip maneuver. Yeah, the platforming feels real good in this game. Yeah, you think so? Does it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, compared to some games, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into it. Uh, let me just finish up here real quick. Yeah. Every stage, basically, you are you're just trying to get to the end. You're going from point A to point B, which is sometimes easier said than done. 
because there mm-hmm. are warps placed around the stage that can either shoot you ahead, uh, you know, closer to the end of the stage, or, <laughs> and I guess go fuck yourself, it can send you back sometimes. Or elsewhere. Uh, another basic thing here is that we have a timer. Uh, you are timed on every stage, Ugh. but unlike a lot of other platformers that I've played up to this point, the timer is actually a bigger aspect of gameplay, and it's something that you have to actually manage when you consider how much exploration each of these levels have. Mm-hmm. So without really, I guess, talking about like the big thing of this game, which are the power-ups, what do you guys think about how the game controls? Like, what what do you just think of the <laughs> fundamentals here? It's not that great. <laughs> That's putting it nicely. I think the jumps felt good. Like, you could jump when you wanted to jump and where you wanted to jump. You could control your momentum and your character. Like, especially without any power-ups. You felt like a competent character to control. The problem for me with this game later comes in with, like, stage design. and Yeah. yeah. I thought it controlled. Okay. I liked when you got your power-ups um, in the different skins and stuff. I liked how some of them controlled a lot tighter. And... That kind of goes to show where, like, you don't want to get hit. <laughs> and sometimes this game's like, fuck you, I'm going to hit you. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, it was in the middle of the road, I think, for handling. Yeah, so I thought that he was just very slippery. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> This kid's got the the case of the case of the Cernies. Um <laughs> I don't know when it like when it so just does. when it just comes to jumping on enemies, like ninety percent of the time, I completely overshot the enemy. It was just like, well, <laughs> I'm already past them, so fuck it. I I just kept on moving. Absolutely. So unless like this game also has a a run button, which I thought was. <laughs> pretty redundant because he moves pretty quickly already. Right. So I, I feel like the only time I really used the run button was if I was strapped for time. But um, for the most part, I, I thought it just using the run button just kind of made things feel worse, to be honest. Yeah. I, mean, I did not know there was a run button. I, I thought didn't only even I thought they it. only used two of the three buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even use the run button. We played this on the um, Genesis collection on the PlayStation. So I had save I had save states, but no rewind. Oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely utilized some save states at this game. <laughs> um, did it make I things easier? Frustrated. Not really. Oh, oh, oh. No. mattering on where you saved it. <laughs> right. If you didn't save it with 30 seconds <laughs> left, like right, I Will? Did. Right. <laughs> I watched a walkthrough, honestly, because I never seen the ending and I wanted to see the ending. And I fucking watched a walkthrough and bless that soul for fucking <laughs> making it all the way through, barely getting hit in this shitty game that I still like. 
<laughs> but and yeah. Will earlier you mentioned there's kind of you had a little bit of problems with the the level design. What would you want to talk about there? Early on in the game, on like the third or fourth stage, in order to get to the end, you have to walk through a wall that gives no indication that you can walk through it. And these walls show up all over the place. Oh, they do. There's some levels that are designed for certain abilities, too, like the V, where you can climb up. It's the fly. The fly, okay. <laughs> I think they do put alternatives in, like where you can ride up an elevator block, but... Well, yeah. Often you're better off just dying and getting the power up and starting over. (laughs) (laughs) At least it's not one hit kills. You do have like multiple hearts, depending on which form you're in, how many hearts you get. Mm -hmm. It would be nice if you could earn more hearts. Well, you can get those. It's not an ankh, but it's another like Egyptian symbol for like lives. Or continues or something. But those are hidden as fuck. Like, you have to know where they're at. Like, when we watched that walkthrough, a few times we were like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) Wait, where did this person go? Like, that just goes to show when Will was mentioning the, like, wall that gives no indication you're supposed to walk through. Those pop up so fucking much unless you already played this game and know where to go. I kind of want to yeah, I <laughs> you guys yes, you definitely have a point that was also kind of one of my problems with the game. Going back real quick to you guys saying there's no one hit KOs. There were a lot of glitches that happened to me while playing this oh, game. Yeah? yeah, I so those those walls that you have to collide with that shoot spikes out of them. They like disintegrate and then shoot spikes. There were multiple times where, how do I explain this? First of all, they don't even explain to you how these blocks even work in the first place. You just have to run into them basically. Yeah. And they throw a spike to like open up a different path or shoot a spike at you. (laughs) Yeah. And on the, on the blocks themselves, they have little, arrow markings on them that indicate which way the spikes are going to shoot once you hit it yes but like in some instances for me at least i would often find myself not being even being in the way of the projectiles and as soon as that wall disintegrated i would get hurt and just ko just ko in like one hit without anything even touching me so you guys never came across that at all? No. Man, Only this shit was fucking I, well, broken for me. <laughs> well, I wonder, I died a lot, so I can't say it never happened. But. Well, when you hit them, I know they didn't hit me, but I didn't get far enough also into some of them being like, they'll just throw a spike out of all four sides. I've seen some of those, too, in like later levels. Mm-hmm. In that person who did the run through or walk through or whatever, but I didn't see that, so I wonder if it's something with. Did you play it on a mini? Yeah, I played it on my mini again. Yeah. I wonder if it's something with that, or it's just a shitty game.
Navi, hey, what's uh, what's up? What's going on? What are you what are you doing on this side of Castletown? Listen. The Kukos tore up Link's tunic again. No, uh, I always say it, it may be dangerous to go alone, but it's always more dangerous to slap your chickens around. Look. Oh, ah, uh, uh, wow. Ooh, is that uh, he? Doesn't look. Is he dead? Listen. Hey, well. I don't have any tunics for sale. Some weird 35-year-old fairy man just bought all of those, so I uh, I do have these shirts, tanks, and hoodies. Hey! That's right. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main quest pod and check out the huge selection of merch. You want a t-shirt? You can never go wrong walking around in a classic logo tee. Hell, you can walk into any dungeon with enough confidence with one of those bad boys on. But you really want to keep from getting mauled by vicious peckers? Equip yourself with one of the special designs. Or maybe you want something a little more simple. There's stickers, pins, phone cases, and tote bags to trap those little bastards. And the shipping is fast, so you'll never have to wonder when your package arrives. Look. That's right, hey, there's even a clock. But I can't promise that will stop the moon from crashing into the earth. Again. That site is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main quest pod. Or just visit the link in the show notes. If you decide to support the show, know that any and all funds feed directly back into the show. So I know you don't have hands or arms or any. Can you can you just please get him out of here? The, the longer he lays here, the worse this looks for both of us. Watch out! <laughs> And I, I want to talk about the exploration a little bit more, but it kind of has to do with the power-ups. I don't know if I want to jump to that real quick. I want to bitch about the, the time management. Uh, the it, time management if I may. is fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you don't and have yes. time to explore. I, I Yeah, I will say it's really cool how open these levels are and that they do give you multiple paths and like plenty of exploration. But there's no reward for even really doing that other than kind of just maybe finding a teleporter that can teleport you towards the end of the game or whatever. But it's like you don't even know if that teleporter is going – you don't know what it's going to do until you hop on and find out. Right. Which I and found like really fucking annoying, especially <laughs> when you're so tight on time in this game. And they'll send you elsewhere in this random fucking thing. Cool little, like, picture of elsewhere, the, like, snake with the, like, tower on its head. Yeah. But you're like, fuck, now how do I get out of this? So the the gems, you can explore and collect more gems. But what do they do? Do they do anything? You use that to use the... um. The gems work as like a currency for Kid Chameleon, Kid Chameleon to use his um, like the special abilities when you pick up um, the different helmets and stuff. Oh. oh, like each helmet has like their own characteristics, and yep. then they also have another special ability that you can use when you hold like down and 
C or something. I forgot what okay. the button combination is. And then that wastes gems. So, but, but so okay. the other thing I found really <laughs> stupid aside, because obviously as you're finding gems, you're wasting time. But there are also clock pickups that you can pick up that adds time to the timer. But it's like, it's a crapshoot whether or not those are going to drop or not. So in a lot of cases, you will probably be wasting time trying to find them. So it's like, mm-hmm. you. as soon as I started a stage, I was like, well, I better just try and beeline this. Otherwise, I'm just going to end up running out of time and wasting wasting a lot of it. And on top of that, a lot of these levels are really, really long and there are no checkpoints in this game. Yeah. Like, it's really noticeable that this game could have used checkpoints when you are doing those auto-scrolling levels. At least they tend to not be super long levels. There's a lot of them because they're a little shorter than most games. But <sighs> kind you of. still need to know where to go. Right. Like, yes. You need almost a walkthrough for this game if you want to beat it, unless you just know because you've played it before. Right, because if you just try to mainline it, you will probably play most of those, like, you'll probably play most of the 103 levels, whereas you could mm-hmm. probably go through this game only playing, like, 30. Yeah, and the boss is weird. <clears throat> Man, the bosses are <laughs> awful. They're pretty much bullet sponges. Yes. Yes, they are. And you, at most, you can maybe, depending on what helmet you have, you might be able to take, like, four hits before you die. Yeah, but come on, the name Shishka Boss and his three heads on a giant stick. As That's a, pretty good. That's as they're funny. constantly just being like, die! <laughs> die! <laughs> mm-hmm. so let's, let's talk about the power-ups, because that's kind of the main draw, right? Uh, yep. there, there are nine helmets that you can collect that give your character-specific powers that also kind of help you with that level, uh, with traversing those levels. This is something I actually talked with Rick on uh, when we did Wario Land. It's kind of a okay. similar type of toolkit because in a lot of situations in those games, this is this is kind of like the similar type of level traversal as those Wario Land games. But I almost feel like with this, you can kind of stick to whatever power up you want. And for the most part, you'll just be fine. But there are certain instances where the game insists that you kind of take a power-up that they give you. And like I said before, each power-up has a secondary move that costs gems. And so just, I mean, I didn't write down what each of these do, <laughs> but um, the the list of helmets that you can get here are the Iron Knight, uh, which is basically just him wearing a, a knight, like a an Iron <laughs> Knight's helmet. I mean, <laughs> it, it is what it is. It really reminds me of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, every time you put Al's... Yeah. <laughs> it makes a sound. <laughs> you just wanted to say knee. <laughs> and then Red Stealth, which is uh, his samurai costume. It's more of a samurai than a ninja. Yeah, and yeah. it's like two hits. That one is... It jumps high, but it only has two hits. But it does have that sword. Well, it also allows him to run pretty quickly like that's yes when you're doing those auto scrollers that's kind of the helmet that you want to use because he can just yep you don't have to do so much jumping because you can just run across blocks for the most part right uh the next one here is 
berserker, which kind of makes him look like a weird li- like biker like lizard or something. Silver, yeah, a biker lizard. That was my favorite <laughs> one when I was a kid. I was like, that one's just so cool. Uh, the next one is Mate Maniacs. <laughs> oh, is that the Jason mask? Yeah, it turns him into Jason Voorhees, which <laughs> is also like, I feel like this is kind of a nod to Splatterhouse also. You know, yeah. now that you say it, it is way more Splatterhouse than Jason, even though it's all the same. All the same the thing, yeah. Mask, <laughs> but it definitely gives Splatterhouse vibes. I love the axe throwing, though. That fucking axe is awesome. I'll say this oh, was... He's, he's actually a hockey player <laughs> whose, whose nickname is the Maniac. <laughs> the, yeah, he's of the Toronto Maniacs. <laughs> um, this was this was my favorite one. This was my favorite yeah. power-up. Uh, it's very fast. He he throws the axes pretty fast. That's pretty much it. Like It, it was just kind of a, a really reliable pickup to me. Right. The next one is the Juggernaut, which I don't... Is that the tank? The Rhino. As I'm looking at this, the, it has to be by process of elimination. Uh, yes, the Kid Chameleon turns into a tank. I <laughs> love that one. It's like a skeleton head with um, a tank. And you can shoot the skulls. And that one, that's handy in the... Uh, the first place I think you find it is when you're like in the fiery caves where I got yeah. fucking stuck on the third level. To me, it became it became a little hard to maneuver when you get into a situation where you have to bounce around. Yes, because it's long. It's double wide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next one is uh, Ginger's favorite, Micro Max, the, the little it's fly. So cute. I never saw that helmet when I was uh, younger seeing this game, but the walkthrough, I was like, wait, what? That is fucking adorable. It's really good when it comes to platforming and stuff, but I was so awful at the platforming. He, again, I just <laughs> thought his movements were so, he so slippery. He the walls. That one, the fly... When I saw them doing the walkthrough, it stuck to the walls in very weird places, and I could see where it was handy in some of those fucked up levels later on in the game. <laughs> like, seriously. There were some bad levels. <laughs> the next one is Iclops, which uh, I'm trying to remember which one that was. Um, that one is the one that shoots the beam that shows secrets. Oh, right. Right. Yep. It almost looked like. A green cyclops with like a gun that <laughs> Will got it. He's like, "What the fuck does this do?" I'm like, "I don't know." And then he's like, "Oh, it finds secrets." <laughs> and then we've got Sky Cutter, which I'm also drawing a blank on. Is that the one on the hovercraft? Yeah, the hoverboard. The one that that's jump. the hoverboard. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You jump up, and it's like goes. Onto the top of the level looks it's weird, and then the last one is Cyclone, which it's like a tornado. Yeah, it turns them into fly a tornado. up or whatever. Right. I'm gonna pull a pin here. I'm gonna pull a pin here uh, because earlier I brought up how I don't think this game really teaches you things. It teaches you it doesn't <laughs> teach you how to play the game. And so what I wanted to bring up earlier was th- the shining example of this to me is at some point uh, in one of the very early stages, it might be the second stage, you 
come to a wall and you really have nowhere else to go except for up. But when you're looking around, like there's no platforms to jump on. There's really no hidden blocks or anything. So Are naturally, you the yes. So naturally, you just like you turn around, you look around for those hidden walls or any secret passages, <laughs> and there's fucking nothing. And then you also have to keep in mind, of course, while you're doing you're this, timed. you're being timed. Yes. And the only mm-hmm. power ups they give you at this point is either the Iron Knight or the Berserker. But if you are just casually playing the level, you will just end up with the Iron Knight no matter what. Right. But if you did somehow miss getting the Iron Knight power up, you're pretty much screwed because you'll you'll be stuck with Berserker. Because mm-hmm. this particular part, you do need the Iron Knight. But what the game doesn't teach you is that the <laughs> Iron Knight knows how to climb walls. Yeah, Will got stuck. <laughs> Will got stuck here. It's like, what the fuck? It is the only like, way oh, forward. Let me show you. <laughs> it is the once you get to that wall, it is the only way forward is to climb up. But you would never know that you could climb because in the previous like f- two or three levels or whatever, where this power up is introduced, they don't hint that you would ever need to climb up a wall. Right. It, it's That's fucked. It fucking pissed me off. <laughs> Absolutely, I can see that. So much, and like Will, I think it pissed you off too. You're like, what? Am yeah. I? <laughs> and I didn't know what button was. I was like, let me see the controller, and then I was like, yeah, you gotta climb. And you're just like, what? <laughs> like, that's the most ridiculous shit. Because yeah, like you said, it does not fucking tell you shit. And I mean, in in context of the Iron Knight power up, the only thing it really tells you the first time you pick it up is that oh, Kid Chameleon's really heavy, and when you jump on blocks, he's going to break blocks because he's really heavy yeah. now. That's like the characteristic of that power-up. So it doesn't even make sense that he could <laughs> climb because like, he's supposed to be heavy. <laughs> like, It doesn't even make sense. So true. So true. That is hilarious. Hilarious or terrible? Hilariously terrible. They're cool. They are cool. They look cool. But I don't think you need all of these power-ups to be honest yeah they made some really specific to very specific levels so you could tell they were kind of having fun with making these different helmets but did they really need to make so many you gotta have levels you gotta have more power-ups than mario (laughs) the helmets are cool That's fucking cool. They did not need 103 fucking levels with bullshit-ass walls that you couldn't see. And you have no fucking clue. Like, none. They didn't need that many. But back then, cable was rare. There were three channels on TV that had (laughs) a golf, a preacher, and soap operas. And so you, you, sitting home on Saturday, you have like 12 hours that you can play this. If there were only 15 levels, you'd be like, damn it, this game was so short back in the 90s. People would be like, yeah, there's 100 levels. You can go this way. I can play it again tomorrow and I'll go a different way. I get it. I get it. But it also has to be cohesive. And it's not cohesive. Like, they are literally doing a bunch of fucking sugar booger and making these fucking (laughs) levels. Like, that's the only thing I can think of is they were so coked out or something. 
And making these levels, like, make no sense. I mean, look at some of these fucking, like, enemies. There's this weird thing with, like, a weird drill dick it's hopping all over <laughs> with. Like, what is that? What is that? Come on. The level design, it does kind of remind me of, like, Mario Kaizo games. Because they're like, oh, we can do this and it's playable. And then what if we do it a little bit harder, it's playable. And, and they just okay. keep going and going harder and harder. And, like, how impossible can we make the stage design? Do You don't, like, no. I'm shocked that more people, well, people probably stopped after that spot where you don't know where to fucking climb. And that's why there's nothing on this game. Yeah, this game is just, it's kind of, it's got a lot of ideas, and none of them are very well married to each other, unfortunately. Do we need to do some cocaine to... To enjoy these graphics? <laughs> no, because the graphics, I I honestly think they still kind of held up, to be honest. It didn't hurt my eyes, which that is what I, <laughs> that's what I rate retro games, honestly, at. If they fucking hurt my eyes when I'm playing it, that shit has terrible graphics. Some of the sprites were cool. Lots of skulls. Die. <laughs> those, those just are so weird it's so funny and then there's another one when kid chameleon dies he's like oh <laughs> you guys like, you guys are gonna need to add those to your soundboard <laughs> <laughs> i can just say them <laughs> yeah I, but um go ahead i was just gonna say I, I as far as the graphics go i just don't think there's really anything impressive like it's definitely not a showpiece for the Genesis, but it's like, mm -mm. it's competent. It's in the middle. Like, it's in the middle. Like, it's not horrible, but it's not the best. <laughs> like, I think this whole just game is. It doesn't stand <laughs> out, which is like kind of the no. worst thing you could say about it. But, you know, the power-ups are cool. And like the transformation animation that happens when you pick them up with the like mm -hmm. lightning surrounding him and stuff. And, and the different sounds. Like yeah. they all have different like little intro sounds. And again, each power-up kind of has their own unique animation and stuff. So That's why I think I liked the one so much I did when I was a kid. It was like metal when it turned into that like silver... Alien the lizard thing. biker, yeah. Or whatever I said, yeah. <laughs> lizard biker is perfect. <laughs> Willie, you haven't really said much about the graphics. Yeah. Yeah, I said I like some of the sprites. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So not most of them. Yeah, it's, Ginger mentioned how like the enemies are unique and creative, but I can't remember a single one. Except for the one that she mentioned with the drill dick. <laughs> well, then there's the little ones that are like that with legs. And then there's the fire enemies. There's the, like, dragon ones and and the dragon um, flying. There's, like, but the rock monsters, the weird the, rock monsters or yeah, whatever. They're that just kind of, like, scuttling. Yeah. When they open their mouth and some of them shoot. The later on bosses, it's kind of disappointing that they basically the reused the same heads yeah. with like different attack patterns. 
Yeah. So there's no impressive bosses that you'll get to. Absolutely not. Yeah, the lions are kind of cool. Yeah, the, like those sprites are neat looking. Oh yeah, and then like the orca like street shark. <laughs> oh yeah. Enemies. yeah. <laughs> there were some enemies in the walkthrough I saw that I was like, "Whoa, there's like weird scuttling scorpions and other weird bug-looking creatures." And then, like, there was some kind of, like, robots in another one. Yeah, but there's so few and far in between. You know, I think that's kind of one of the – Right. That is probably, like, the worst thing I'll say about the graphics is that (laughs) because there's so many levels, so many of these sprites get reused or repurposed. They didn't even change some of the colors on some of them, which they could have at least done that. Yeah. To make it look a little different. Yeah, like, Like, when you go to the ice stages, it's like you're still getting – enemies you would see like in the forest stage which is really right. weird uh-huh and as this for- works doesn't it that's <laughs> another line <laughs> like I'm telling you motherfuckers were whacked up on the booger sugar <laughs> you need some more nicknames for cocaine ginger <laughs> um i don't know <laughs> Quick, somebody go to Urban Thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Urban Thesaurus. <laughs> That's funny. And that the enemy sprites too. The the animations are just like stock. Like there's just like stock yeah. animations. None of the animations are very interesting. So as far as as the music goes, um, I don't have a lot to say, so I'll let you guys go first. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought the music was pretty good. For about 25 seconds. For... No, I mean, if Will if Will and Yuki think that, that's fine. I think it was pretty good. But then when we got through or into that watch, like... Then it became repetitive. They were reusing some of the same music, which with the backgrounds, it it sounded fucking dumb. <laughs> and it was just like, you couldn't put a little jazz on that? Come on. Well, they can't do 104 different songs. No, but they could have done it. A little faster or a little slower to make it sound different. About three or four of the classic Sega baseline fart noise. (laughs) I mean, fart noises are okay. Fart noises are okay. They're funny. You can like, if you're playing with a friend, you can, you guys can make like your own fart noises for the the music or whatever, or just mute it and like listen to a podcast. (laughs) Uh, But I found it repetitive. Once you get further into the game, it's definitely sparse Sega sound chip music. You know, I there've <laughs> there've been much. I've heard much worse Genesis soundtracks for yes. this podcast so far. I mean, if X Men is on the lower <laughs> end of that spectrum, and this so, is in the middle, yeah, and like dude, Sonic is weird. at the top, and not saying that Sonic is the best soundtrack. On but the console, at least they but put like, some effort into like matching it to the levels. Like they put some effort into it, right? 
I, I think Kid Chameleon's kind of, yeah, like you said, Ginger, like somewhere in the middle, like it's like bumping, <laughs> sh- like it's on the, like a little bit on the lower, like it's bumping shoulders Definitely. with like Earthworm Jim or something. Yes. It's like uh, right there. Um, I, Absolutely. Kind of like the graphics. I mean, I just feel like the music's incredibly generic, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it, it's yeah. not great, but it's not bad either it's just whatever um dude like i didn't what we've like been it saying, well <laughs> didn't like it that's what i've been saying this whole episode it's right in the middle lower middle maybe but it's still like in the middle and also i mean ginger you've been doing it all fucking podcast die like what is the die <laughs> like, what, <laughs> like why is that all over this game like i think it's, i don't know like the first time the first time i got killed and all of a sudden kid comedian is just like died i'm like wait are you, why are you just <laughs> shouting die <laughs> like, he shouted it at himself when he died what? i think there's a couple like he's like oh <laughs> like they switch it up periodically if he's a yeah kid if he's a kid they're Sure is some man voices <laughs> being used for this kid, chameleon. I'm just saying. Okay, here's here's food for thought. Because this is VR, right? You know, meta, <laughs> if you want to go that far. Maybe that's just his avatar. Maybe that's just what he sounds like in the VR world. Maybe that's not his real voice. I mean, that's fair. Would the bosses, when you fight the bosses and they're like shooting stuff at you, they are constantly also shouting, die. <laughs> they are. Which, like, makes sense <laughs> like, for the bosses to say, but, like, <laughs> why, why would you – I just – it doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't It know. does not. It doesn't. <laughs> and that's why it's hilarious. Like, you got to laugh at that shit. There's, like, it makes no sense. It's so funny. There's like, like a, the best part of the game. The duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, like, a sense of desperation in it, like, where, like, Psycho was like, we got to make this super edgy. Like what's the coolest thing he could say? Just have him scream, "Die!" I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but metal. <laughs> it's the booger sugar. It totally is. So uh, before we end this episode, uh, we have one more thing to do, and we have to summarize our thoughts on Kid Chameleon, and if we could possibly (laughs) recommend it to someone in this new year of 2023. And um, let's start with, let's have a nice little sandwich here. Uh, Let's start with you, Willie, and then I'll go and then end off with Ginger here. (laughs) <laughs> All right. The the platforming, the gameplay of this game starts out and you think you'll like it, but the game drags on for so long with <laughs> such nonsensical level design and strange choices made. You have to like loop around. We've talked about all this already, but uh, it I can see why they made it so long for a kid back in the day. So they mm-hmm. have lots of game for the $40, $50 that they could spend. For the one game they have to play for six months. Right. 
But nowadays, this game doesn't hold up. It's not worth the play. <laughs> I do not recommend it. <laughs> you know, I, I always try and give the game context, and I really couldn't do that up top because there's really not anything for de- development here. But kind of talking about what we were saying earlier about, you know, there's really nothing. There's really not a lot of games to play at the time. There were, but it it was just very hard to get your hands on some. And so I think this game was incredibly ambitious for its time. You know, when you look at the contemporary games that were out, there were very few games that offered this kind of exploration and like a toy box of power ups for you to choose from. And yeah, those games also weren't nearly as long as Kid Chameleon. So you kind of got a <laughs> you got a lot of game for your money, right? Again, you would you had nothing to do on a Saturday, so you just kind of sit down and play this for a couple hours probably. But playing this today for this show uh in our modern age, um it's annoying. Like the game is annoying. It's kind of the first time <laughs> I feel is. like I've considered a game just annoying (laughs) like and for me specifically it comes down to the time management i fucking hate this time and like if you take out the timer of this game it's just kind of like an okay platformer when there is so much exploration in this game there's different paths to go down uh some of which those like you know they force you to backtrack or they straight up just teleport you back to the beginning of the stage. <laughs> it could make the entire game a huge pain in the ass because now you're just burning timer. You're burning lives. Again, in, in, in some cases, I just running into areas in which I just couldn't progress. I would just have to I would just soft lock and have to reset the level. The only thing I really knew about this game before coming into the show was that it was very difficult. And it is. But again, I think if you take that timer out, it really levels the playing field. And I'm not saying that there aren't like challenging platforming sections or anything like that by themselves. Um, Like I said, those auto scrollers are fucking insane. They're very challenging. (laughs) But that's not what bothers me. Like I can go if I die on one of those, I can go back. I can kind of memorize the pathway through and try again. That's that's not what bothers me. That's a total retro game thing. That's fine. It's the timer. It's always the timer. Otherwise, I mean, everything else surrounding this game is just, it's just okay. (laughs) Um, So, would I recommend this game? Um, I would, I would give it a light not recommend. It's, (laughs) again, it's like, it's annoying. And I certainly, (laughs) I certainly would not I would not recommend playing the entire fucking game. Like this game oh, is too long. It's way not. too long. So yeah. I mean, if you jump into this and you're playing a couple levels and you're absolutely getting mad about the timer, you know, try grinding that timer out for over a hundred levels. And it's really, mm-hmm. really going to wear you down. Woof. So uh, that's just my long winded rant here. Yeah. Light, <laughs> light, not recommend over here. So Ginger, why don't you take us home? Okie dokie. So I still have nostalgia for this game. Um, I really like the graphics for an older game. I think they hold up comparatively to some other stuff. I do agree with both of you, though. 
completely. It's a shitty game. It's a hard game. It's an annoying game. But it's still kind of fun, especially if like you're into retro games and you want to play a lot of retro games and maybe you want some something to actually test your retro gaming. This would be one of them, to be honest, like this. It's a hard game. A lot of retro games are pretty fucking hard because of the lack of programming (laughs) kind of kind of like Dark Souls. Uh, oh, Dark no. Souls is actually a gorgeous game, but really hard. Got her. This is about Kid Chameleon. <laughs> I think Willie wanted it. I think he wanted it bad. Ring the Dark Souls uh, yeah, he bell. He did. He did. <laughs> hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Dark Souls. Guys, guys, guys. So. I would actually recommend this game if you're into playing like retro games and you want to revisit some. I would also recommend this game for some kick ass fucking cosplay. I think these, all of this shit would make amazing fucking Halloween costumes or cosplay. And I mean, yes, it's a shitty game, but it's still kind of cool. It's like, it's just, it's different because no one really made a game kind of like this like you chain or did they after balan wonderworld i mean (laughs) never played it but it's probably better than kid chameleon (laughs) Uh, i don't know though i don't is it worse mm, i don't know because i don't don't know know, actually i haven't played it but but i would recommend yeah, I've never played it's it. More of Sega's best. <laughs> I, w- I would recommend playing this if you're a retro gamer person. And let's see some cosplay, man. I'd love to see some Kid Chameleon cosplay. Because there's some cool shit that would make an amazing fucking Halloween Maybe next Halloween, costume. Heidi Klum can go as the tank instead of the <laughs> <laughs> Did you see her second costume, though? Her second costume was even better. She kept the worm face, too. So it's, like, sexy and terrifying. Now that you're, like, you mentioned the cosplay, now you mentioned Heidi Klum. I could totally see a drag show as, like, some drag queens dressed as, like, chameleon costumes Mm -hmm. or whatever. Or even, like, parts of it. It would be be pretty cool. Uh, Like... That's my nostalgia. Will I fucking play this game again? Fuck no. Um, (laughs) If you don't, if you want to just watch it, like, there's a couple really great uh, walkthroughs that will satisfy you. And someone else is playing it and hurting their their mind. You don't feel their pain as much if you haven't played it, though. You don't. But, yeah. Cool. That's I'm glad my we... long-winded outro. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we got a, a nice, a nice robust set of opinions here. So balance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> With that said, let's let's wrap this one up. Thank you guys for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having yeah. us, yeah. Keith. You guys always. I mean, I love hanging out with both of you guys. So. Well, you're always welcome back onto our podcast, which is Grand Rapidians Play Video Games. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the spotlight is yours. You know, grab your plugs and plug away. <laughs> we talk about real life XPs, some video games. We talk about a beverage and we recommend something. 
You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or at our link tree at L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Grand Rapidians. Thank goodness he said that because I always fuck it up. <laughs> and of course, if you don't have a pen and pencil with you, uh, all of those will be in the show notes. And if yeah, you know you need a place, <laughs> if you need a place to start, I have been on two of their episodes, so you can always Hell start yeah. there first. We last one we rated energy drinks, so <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> That's one word for it. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Speaking of possible, well, we'll see what happens with this next episode. But next week on the show, I crash land on a funkadelic planet. I spit hot fire. I rip when I rhyme. I rhyme when I rip. And I have to repair my spaceship. It's Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. So until then, take care of yourselves. And remember, it's okay to like a video game. Die! 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 Die. <laughs> <laughs>